Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. And it's a Halloween week, which means we're going to talk about some Sith hauntings. That's right. Ghosts in Star Wars, Force ghosts, evil ghosts, and just scary things. We're going to dive in deep, and I cannot do that. I couldn't do it. Literally, I'd be too afraid to do it. 
That's why Joseph Scrimshaw is here today. Spooky Sith hauntings. Yes, uh, I'm happy to be here to talk the spooky times. Yeah, Jennifer is out today. But her spirit is here. Her spirit is here. And she has uh, that great Happy Beeps uh, episode uh, that you guys can all join if you haven't, uh, going through that, that scary Star Wars story. Yeah. Star just Wars bedtime story. Reading it with Star Wars things going bump in the night and stuff, scaring people. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is that time of the year. That is that time of the year. And it's my time to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com. Dot com slash forward center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll do our fourth center recommends. So it's a chance for us. We're both very busy souls, yes. Joseph, but it's good to sit down and uh, catch up and talk about Star Wars adventures. A lot of things going on, comic conventions. You had a comedy show. Uh, you had a comedy show. I had a comedy show. <laughs> Uh, how's it going? Good, good, good. The comedy show was great fun. I, I think I said uh, in previous episodes that I'm super into Halloween. I love this oh, time yeah. of year, so it was really fun to do uh, that monthly show. I do the Game Night Variety Show, and it was a Halloween theme. Mm. And uh, just for the intro, my friend Laser and I that, that do the show mm. together, we were going to wear capes. Yeah. And I, I couldn't take my cape off. I was so excited to wear my cape. I went full Lando. <laughs> But it's it's a creepy cape. It's kind of a Dracula. Black on the outside, red on the inside. Right. Oh, I had so much fun wearing a cape. Capes? Great fun. I'm telling you, man. There's something about capes. Yeah, they're powerful. They really are. They're just that flair. It's just, you don't know what's going to happen. Either, you know, you're going to be attacked by a vampire or somebody's going to do close-up magic. You don't know which is <laughs> going to happen. It's the mystery, the intrigue. <laughs> Either one of them is <laughs> scary yeah. to me. Uh, and the show, of course, went well, I'm sure. show went great. Right. I wrote a, a thing uh, that had been sticking in my head because I went to Target after one of our recordings, went to the oh, Halloween yeah. store, and I noticed, like, Half of their props were like actual spooky things like, oh, zombie yeah. hand or spider web. And then they just had a bunch of analog technology. Just like, here, buy a spooky <laughs> rotary phone or an oldie time big band <laughs> microphone. Oh, spooky. Dial the number you need to reach. <laughs> exactly. So I wrote a thing about that, and that was really cathartic. How we're just scared of anything that's old. It's just kind of cruel. It is cruel. My grandfather's not afraid. He by 1985 he realized ah, technology's good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop here. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> He's that's good to fine. go. I understand, but just like it's old, it must yeah, be it haunted. Must, must be haunted and nah. bad. Not good, not good, not and good. And you had your uh, comedy show uh, the same evening. <sighs> same evening, so I couldn't support yours, which I, I do like to do when I can. Uh, yeah, Mark Ellison Friends down there at the Los Globos Theater in Silver Lake. That description they give of a theater is an interesting word, <laughs> interesting choice. Well, Los Angeles has a very interesting relationship with the word theater. <laughs> yes. Um, discotheque would have been more appropriate. Uh, a large open space where you can put chairs in it if you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what it was? With um, uh, staff waiting around at 940 for you to end so they can change it into the K-pop dance club that's about to begin. <laughs> yes. So if that's your idea of a theater, you've found one. So how, how did it did it go well then overall? Once you, I'm sure you you packed in the K-pop dance floor yeah, full of uh, absolutely, fans. Absolutely sold out show. A lot of fun. Uh, John Roca did some comedy. Uh, Jay Washington, uh, uh, both who appear on your uh, your uh, Ventures in Voting uh, album that's out there now, and uh, they we had a good time and we had a meet and greet afterwards. Oh, good. And good. then we went across the street to a very gothy type of bar. With no TVs, and it was the world the night that the World Series went 18 innings. Oh, yes, so yes. We, we got out. It was like a new game had started. And all of us, uh, not all of us, of course, uh, we were out, all having fun, but there was little pockets of people 
staring at their phones watching the game, and then we'd all start huddling around <laughs> while the next round of drinks were being served. Fun experience. The fans were spectacular. Had some four center fans come up. And oh, it's, nice. That always means a lot. Yeah. Um, and talking about, uh, and I mentioned a little bit on Spotlight Star Wars this past week, but there's just like their entry points into Star Wars, Clone Wars or Revenge of the Sith. And it just constantly reminds me just how important it is to to realize this isn't just your adventure through Star Wars. It's all of ours adventures. There's so many different points of view, as Obi-Wan would say. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, the World Series thing, I just wanted to share this uh, quickly because yes. I forgot. Uh, had a great show. Then we went out uh, to a place in Hollywood that was, of course, showing the game. Right. And uh, the actor Alex Skarsgård mm-hmm. uh, came in and was watching the game. Oh, and it was just funny because he's on True Blood. He played a vampire. Right. And he was just sort of like, You've lived this long. Can you live a little longer to see the end of this endless game, you ancient vampire? (laughs) That's a great. That's a great slub sighting. Oh yeah, bonus points for you. So it was a lot of fun, and then I got to. I I, I headed. uh, I was uh, headed down to the Scum and Villainy Cantina the night before. Oh nice. um, For a little birthday party for Jed Murrow, and uh, we got you and I got to get back there with Jennifer. We got a little four center thing there. I would love to meet Jennifer in person. We're friends on the old social media, but I have not met. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Uh, absolutely. So. uh, it was a good night. Good night to be immersed in Star Wars. Uh, a lot of fun. So uh, before we uh, dive on into the news, which we are going to do in our main store, we do want to do a little bit of a resistance check-in. Yeah. So four. it's so confusing. Four or five episodes out? <laughs> I uh, think four episodes, right? Because they mm-hmm. dumped the first three on right. uh, Disney streaming, Disney right. whatever, Disney Now. Disney Go, Disney, Disney How Are You Doing, Disney, Disney App, yeah. <laughs> Disney Existential Dread, whatever they yeah. want to call it, it's just there. Uh, and this is the first one that was new for those of us who gobbled up those first three episodes. Right. Uh, and I thought it was great. The High Tower. The High uh, Tower. A plus thumbs up for me as yeah. well, too. Uh, and you can see the show with its its fun, bouncy humor and all those kind of things. Yep, it does. It pulls in a younger audience. But also, I would say, def- preteen, you know. Uh, Kaz is definitely, he's not aimed at seven-year-olds. No. At all. Um, but then it started, you could start to see the those, those intriguing edges of the show start to close in. Yeah, everything we've been talking about of like, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of pratfalls and, whoa, yeah. uh, screams and whatnot. But here we are getting into the meat of it. Yeah. First Order is scary. People mm-hmm. kind of don't want to talk about them. They're trying to force their will into this high tower. And, and the whole high tower thing is fascinating to yes. me. I love seeing that design. That was so like, uh, uh. Remind me of Bespin. Yes, of like it did. A, this is what a nice place looks like in the Star Wars galaxy that's clean and has like <laughs> modern design. Uh, and just that very classic, yeah. the rich people have it good. Good. And the people literally below them, the masses, don't. And like, is there going to be tension that comes from that? Yeah. So much about all, you know, getting to see the aces a little bit more and getting to see that they have this nicer life, and they're really aware. We fought for this. Right. If you're the best at something, you can have more. There's just so many right. interesting ideas. Interesting layers. Loves. I love the character of Aunt Z even more. Yeah. Just kind of, oh, he's in the first order, you know. Ah, just this real fun uh, And the taking the bets on Kaz being <laughs> yeah. shot at was, like, so great because it's kind of what we did with her in Databank Brawl. Yes. Like, she's really going to take bets on anything. Absolutely. And uh, the character of Nexu? Nexu? I'm still the yeah. uh, the the Niku Niku yeah Nexu is is that's uh, a deodorant that's right? a deodorant yeah. or something yeah uh, Niku yes uh, really my favorite episode for that character too just because where 
where uh, how he is uh, the, the real straightforward uh, Drax at a store type of humor. Yeah. Something we're familiar with, but they're using it in, in better, more intriguing, realistic ways. Yeah, more emotional. Like, yeah. what if I always want to talk to you? Yes. And it's kind of sad when Cass <laughs> is like, yeah, no. <laughs> and then I enjoy the, uh, oh, if I only could find out where the First Order was here. Oh, okay. And just watch it. <laughs> I love that. And it was real good. It, and it looks good. And uh, I, I think the uh, yeah, we're going to start. I mean, look at the, I mean, the First Order is, is here. And they're talking about deals and pirates and keeping you safe. And then I love there's that thing of the people know the First Order's there. Yeah. And it's still before The Force Awakens where I think people realize, you know, now we know they've destroyed Hosnian Prime and they're a threat. So uh, there was that one line I think Hype Faison says of, uh, well, you know, they're allowed to be here. Yeah. Everyone but I comes won't here. deal with them. I won't deal with them. Yeah, so it is t- painting that not, you know, simple picture of, like, mm. yeah, a, right. a new faction of power that just thinks the Empire was great wants to exist, so we're going to coexist with them, kind of. Kind of. But it's yeah. very uneasy. Yeah. Uh, realistic stuff in a Disney show, but that's what we would expect. Yeah. And, and it's going good. Plus so, a ton of Easter eggs, like with the, uh, yeah. uh, all, everything that was in. Uh, uh, oh, the names. Uh, uh, <laughs> other aces. Uh, Hype face on? Not Hype face on. Oh, um, uh, Tam? Tam. No, Tam. Tam. Tam Revora has got more screen time. Oh, yeah, she yeah, yeah. Is, she's yeah. one of the other she's mechanics the mechanic on the fireball. She wants to be a pilot. Yeah. Or is, is a pilot. but knows she's better, but not there yet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but the... Uh, Doza. Do- Doza. Doza's daughter. Doza's daughter, whose last name is also Doza. Yeah. First name Doza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, while we talk about other things, I'll Google it. But I loved her 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 character right. and her bedroom full of Ewok oh, yeah, toys Ewok and, and uh, yeah. the Bush 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 action figure. Yes. All sorts of cool stuff in there. A lot of cool things. A lot of cool things. So uh, we are going to, uh, as Joseph looks up the information. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah. Uh, we're like, number one, get 42 tweets about it. And we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate the corrections. But also we do want to respect that character uh, and, and make sure we have the name. But uh, over on the look, I, um, look of the show, when they fly, the action, the look of the First Order, really love the look. Yeah, the yeah. I thought the look of this episode was particularly strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting for Griff to talk. Yeah, it was cool to see Griff yeah, in his hanging ship out and uh, his droid. Yeah, and to get that larger eyed Tora. Tora Doza. Tora Doza. Tora Doza. Getting oh. a tattoo so I don't forget. Yeah, and, and the fact that we finally got to see her father, Captain Doza, up close, I'm convinced, unless someone can prove otherwise, that this is a Admiral uh, Global slash. Supreme Leader Dolza Robotech call out here. Oh yeah, because they've been real explicit that they mm. this is a Robotech inspired Star Wars. It ju- looks just like Admiral Global. That's awesome. It, uh, I'm so happy for even, you. Even the action. <laughs> I don't you. know what that means, but I'm happy. Thank for you. you. Thank you. It's been a hard time. It's been a hard time <laughs> waiting for more direct Robotech Star Wars connections. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, we're going to keep checking in. We're not going to do full res- reviews on the Resistance uh, show unless some of the bigger episodes maybe happen, but we're going to keep checking in on that show. But right now, even though Jennifer's not here, we are still going to take a dive into the news. That is right. Regular listeners know this is the time where you would hear the dulcet tones of Jennifer Landa with prepared, ready, just complete information about the news. Yeah. Get ready for not that <laughs> from me. Uh, the first bit of news, uh, I think kind of the biggest mm-hmm. one, is the confirmation that Boba Fett movie is not currently in development. Uh, so this was something that Kathleen Kennedy apparently said in an in, uh, interview, maybe right. a little bit off the cuff, uh, 
really confirmed by reporting from Anthony Bresnikin, who has is a reporter with direct lines mm-hmm. of communication to Lucasfilm. So personally, I, I generally take it seriously when he says things. Right. And uh, his article on this added the extra detail that the concept was allegedly the Boba Fett movie was featuring all of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back, mm. the classics, where it all began. That, that's interesting. Yeah, so there's a lot to chew into there. The confirmation that it is not in development mm. right now. Right now. <laughs> uh, a lot of the headlines said, Boba Fett is dead. <laughs> but Boba Fett might well, not have know. been living yeah. for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, so how do you feel about the confirmation that they're mm. not pursuing it right now? I think uh, not surprising. And, and look, Bresnikin is one of those kind of authoritative voices when it comes to movie news. Uh, he works for EW. He's been doing it a long time. So... I like it that it. I, I like that it finally gets to the point that hey, he gets it, and and then I forget the guy Eric. I forget his last name, but he's the one who heard Kathleen Kennedy say that or yeah. asked her or whatever it was. Um, so I like that it comes to this kind of official head. I will say this, you know, I, I don't work for them anymore, but you know, Collider when when Frosty ran those reports, uh, those exclusives, as always, people can give the exclusive scoopers because sometimes they're wrong. Uh, a lot of a lot of crap. He got a lot of heat for those. And, and well, those sources were good. Eh? But I think it does need to eventually come from a number, a trusted Bresnikin-like source. Yeah. That means a lot. So now I can, we can all say it looks as though it's gone, right? Um, or gone for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with this because I think the Mandalorian is going to fill a lot of that void. And I don't necessarily mean with Boba Fett. But yeah. Just the void. But just, I think it would be confusing to be running them at the same time. So even if Solo had destroyed at the box office... I think it would have been a bad move to lead with the kind of Boba Fett movie that's being described. Yeah. Now, if it was the Underworld trilogy, Solo 2 and Boba Fett was one of the players, fine. But it's, it is just kind of confusing branding-wise to have two Mandalorian, or they're not Boba Fett's Mandalorian-looking people, <laughs> you know, is the two big leads. Uh, so that's understandable from a branding point of view. I'm laughing because the article does talk about, and, and Bresnigan knows Star Wars, so it's, it's, yeah. not, it's just one of those things. It's, I think he's just putting it as simple as he can for the masses. Yeah. You know, the same warrior <laughs> tribe that Boba Fett belonged to and Django and everything. Yeah. And, and and then, but I was also, I recently had that episode where the, the Duchess Satine stuff starts. I forget the character's name, but he, Almec. Almec. Yeah. Directly tells, oh, he, Django Fett is not a part of it. <laughs> so I'm like, it's, it's very much there. But then I was also looking at the visual dictionary from 2015, the one that came out from the Star Wars Celebration. Ooh. And Jango Fett is listed from Concord Dawn. Okay. Which is very much part of Mandalore. Yeah. I hope the Mandalorian <laughs> really just explains some of this. I don't want a PowerPoint presentation in the first episode. Yes. Clear this up. How Anyways. do you feel about this idea that it could, that the Boba Fett movie could have been all of those bounty hunters? So just a celebration of that moment in Empire Strikes Back. Because there are two different sides to this, right? There's the yeah. people generally our age who grew up with that scene as being one of the coolest 20 seconds in Star Wars, however right. long that scene actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are people who are like, ah, just give me something new. I, I don't have that same love of these specific characters. I I would I'm intrigued more than I was. I, I wanted the the James Mangold does Logan as Boba Fett thing was very intriguing yeah. to me. Um, uh, so I can't imagine it completely focusing on those droids, uh, droids IG88 and Dengar, uh, the droid and bounty hunters. Um, but I would have liked it. But I I but 
like with anything, the execution of it is is the key. Like, yeah. what what what's the story? What's the story? They all searching for one thing. Yeah, they all is searching it, for Han. What yeah, are you is doing? this all happening in the middle of Empire Strikes Back? They're all yeah yeah. I don't think right. it would have been that. I think it would have more yeah. been the idea that these were the top bounty hunters, so they've been competing over something. Yeah, like the Star Wars version of it's a mad 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 world. Mad, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or, or it becomes like Clue, like someone's gathered them all here in a star destroyer. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's uh, right. Uh, but uh, important to remember, Obi uh, not Obi Wan. That's a Freudian slip. Boba Fett <laughs> and Obi Wan. Don't appear to be in production right now. Right now. But we'll get back to Things that. Things could change. All right. Moving on to another bit of news. The headline is, there's a clear playing field for episode nine. This observation comes uh, from our friends at StarWarsNewsNet.com. Who, and I was kind of uh, noticing this myself, and then they really brought it home, that a lot of the big movies that were going to be clumped around that general holiday season mm-hmm. of 2019 have moved. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bond movie moved into 2020. Just very recently, right. uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which is the year right. it's uh, taking place, not a badly numbered <laughs> sequel. Uh, Wonder Woman 2, colon, 1984, <laughs> is moving to 2020. Uh, apparently another movie that I was not familiar with, Death on the Nile, mm-hmm. that used to be in that area, is moving. So now the kind of only major film is a, a Jumanji sequel. Mm. But other than that, people are clearing out of Episode Nine's way, which mm. they didn't really for The Last Jedi or Solo. And I think some of that is uh, Disney getting out of its own way. Yes. And not wanting to repeat the problems of Infinity War mm. and Solo being close together. But what do you think about uh, the idea that other studios want to be giving Episode Nine possibly some breathing room? It's really interesting to... I. I, I because the movie industry has changed so much, and I'm certainly no, no expert on that. But like, doesn't it seem like now more than any anywhere, or now more than any time, DC Warner Brothers would be like, no, nah, we're going up against it. Now again, the movie may need to move back, and I don't ever take that as necessarily a bad sign. Just, yeah, you know, give Patty Jenkins more time to work her magic. But the Bond, and I know they're going through transitions as well. Yeah, those that's aren't- why it seems that moved versus. Clearing the space. It's almost like Jumanji, kind of counter-programming in a way. Not, uh, But if you got a Harry Potter movie, you got something, it seems like you're less afraid of Star Wars, even if you know it's going to make money, because you feel you're going to make yours? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's this um, was explosion partially started by uh, Force Awakens that mm-hmm. any time of the year is now blockbuster. Right. And I feel like all the studios got a little bit more bold about where they'd put movies and what they'd put them up against. And it yes. seems like everyone is being a little safer. Uh, certainly Bond had some production challenges, mm-hmm. so they're just moving it back for that reason, I think. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman, they, they straight up said, you know, it did. we moved it back to when it's the same time of year that the first one was released, because it worked for us. Right. So why mess with it? Yeah. So I wonder if there is just a general snap back a little bit more toward caution. And, like, all the studios going, let's not urinate on one another's lawns. <laughs> That's a I, weird metaphor. But, like, just <laughs> let's back off and not. Because it's dangerous if if blockbusters in general start to become these incredibly risky propositions. Mm-hmm. Then it's not good for anybody. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Especially, you know, as the film industry starts becoming <laughs> more and more just funneling into one line. I yeah. Guess you can say. But, yeah, I think that's I think that's astute that there could be. Let's not let's not get cocky, kid. Let's, yeah. Because let's not forget December until, like you said, Force Awakens. It, December wasn't the spot to make a lot of money. A lot of people thought Force Awakens mm. was going to make maybe ninety million, right? Because that would be insane for December. <laughs> 
young fools of now. <laughs> yeah. the end. But yeah, then uh, Deadpool, I think, uh, followed uh, by Black Panther, come along in February and just strike, yeah. uh, strike uh, superhero chords and then different chords on their own and just become big hits during those times too. So yeah, it's it's all spread out, but you still got to be careful. Yeah. Mm. The other thing that this made me think of is since studios are really gobbling up big and juicy dates in 2020, it's really starting to feel to me like there is not going to be any Star Wars movie in 2020. I've had that thought a few times. Dark thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mandalorian might be carrying the flame for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You feel okay about that right now? I do. I do. Okay. Because, you know, this isn't uh, an animated show, and that's no disrespect for Resistance or Rebels. We know what those shows did to the fandoms and, and give us a lot to chew on, but... Mandalorian could be a good, you know, 10-part movie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll uh, play it in theaters. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, moving right along. This is a little bit older news, but I wanted to talk about it. Uh, right now, there is some ambiguity about whether Marvel Comics is still releasing Shadow of Vader. Yeah. Now, this article is uh, from October the 17th, so like I said, a little bit older. Uh, this is the comic, of course, that was announced at New York Comic Con with uh, Chuck Wendig writing it. Cool concept of lots of different people's perspective on Vader, including some fan favorites like Will Rowe Hood. You know, mm-hmm. he's got to have a take on Vader. Um, and, of course, Chuck Wendig uh, gets fired after mm-hmm. allegedly writing the first three issues of this first uh, of this five-issue arc. It was supposed to be on uh, avails uh, starting in January, but it's mm-hmm. not on the January schedule, and mm-hmm. Marvel has not responded, at least at the time of this article, for any comment. Mm-hmm. So... How are you feeling as a reader of the comics? Do you think that this is no big deal, they're just going to announce it in February, or do you think that they're going to kind of try, quite, try to quietly kill this? I, I, could, I could unfortunately see a quiet killing, uh, which would be just r- really unfortunate, but I also wonder how much would be tied into any potential litigation, any, you know, mm. especially if what he is saying uh, about his, his termination, if you take it at face value, and, and, and Wendig, uh, among all things, is, is, is very honest. Um, then I think I look at it as uh, some some you know wrongful termination is a phrase I'll use you know so maybe some of that gets tied up I don't know or maybe it just comes down to like oh, well we hate him that much we don't even want his workout <laughs> yeah and then it comes down because I know a lot of people don't you know we're so affected by this don't want to continue to buy Marvel Star Wars stuff which I, I understand I I still like to hear these stories and still want to support the creators that are that are they're working on these teams but I don't fault anyone for saying I don't want to give them my money there. Um, so maybe, maybe they just don't want to deal with it again. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, could be, could be that too. I don't know. But I, I just selfishly want to hear these stories. Yeah. I love Wendig as a writer and, and love him as a personality. Uh, the, the, the world needs his voice in a lot of different ways and I'm okay with it. And, and, and he was going to, the Acolytes Beyond one is the one I was looking forward to the most, and I think that one's not going to come out with his, his words. Yeah. Which, Anyways, just selfishly, yeah, I want to hear this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it just it frustrates me of just as a fan wanting these companies to handle these things well. Yes. Because, it, you know, I have my opinions about that they shouldn't have fired him. But even mm-hmm. if they wanted to fire him, they could have let him write those last two, mm-hmm. let it come out in jan- quietly, maybe tell him, yeah, or they didn't even have to tell him anything. That was the only thing he was. <laughs> they could have quietly, con- you know, said, you yep. know, we're going to hold off on these things we haven't announced. Yep, and it wouldn't have had to be this firestorm. It kind of come out in January, and then in February after that came out. If they wanted to make a spectacle Good. of firing him, 
like why not why not do that because now this thing is trapped forever yeah because people aren't going to forget if they wait and it comes out in august of 2019 people are still going to remember yeah and if it just never comes out that's just kind of sad and a waste that's that is that is sad and waste i i i think um yeah i think you're right like uh my i i want would have wanted them want them want them would still want them to handle it better yeah. again I, I i i understand you know even chuck himself said we talked about it we don't want to remix all that but like hey i have the right to say this they have the right not to like it great uh um but something happened somewhere seems like so hasty and yeah. that's that that is becomes if, if it doesn't come out to me it's just a little bit more apparent that yeah it was I, not, yeah, it, not handled at all well they <laughs> cut their own nose off to spite their face yeah with a lightsaber yes i think uh, so we'll see if those ever come out or if the Shadow of Vader will remain a shadow. Our final news story is there is new Lego Star Wars. Uh, and along with that, I read No More Forces of Destiny, which was news to me that that was confirmed. Uh, speaking of uh, things happening very, very quietly. <laughs> uh, but there's going to be a new series really following the model of Forces of Destiny. It's called Lego Star Wars All-Stars. It is going to premiere on uh, Disney XD YouTube and Disney Now. And then, just like Forces of Destiny, it's going to be released uh, as a compilation episode on television where it sounds like the things are tied together. Uh, This is also uh, kind of tied to the Freemaker Adventures. It's going to feature a lot of uh, the young solo characters. It's going to feature some characters from uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. But it's also going to feature Grabala the Hut and Roger, the battle droid, <laughs> both from uh, Freemaker Adventures. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's great. It's fun. It's exciting because yeah. they do a great job with the Lego Star Wars. They're hilarious yeah. and insightful and fun. Uh, but how do you feel about it? Are you excited for it? I am not. I mean, I only, only <laughs> I love the Lego stuff. I mean, I'm a big Lego fan just in general all through my life. Uh, and I love the games and the games are fun. So I, I know... I keep saying I'll have to sit down and try some try some of that Freemaker stuff, and I intend to because you and Jennifer both speak so highly of it. So I trust your word on things. And um, but it just seems you know, Forces of Destiny was a tough sell to a lot of the fan base because mm-hmm. it clearly was you know these little shorts, and you could easily overlook it. I think we all agree it brought more value to it than you'd expect, and 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 for me, superseded what I expected of it there. Uh, Jed Murrow did the first season. Your friend Nicole Dubuque, right? I yeah. Came, I, yep. Did the third season. Yep. Um, and both just nailed it all great, great all the way through. So that's disappointing, but I understand if it was, I don't think this was designed for long term. So, but I, all that to say, I don't, I just don't anticipate the Lego ones being as important to watch as the forces of destiny one, but maybe that's not fair of me. I think what I'm reacting to is I love the Lego ones. These are delightful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the first one is coming out, uh, or came out rather, uh, the day that we're recording this, uh, Monday, October 29th. Uh, so it's already rolling. Um, I l- really was blown away by the forces of destiny having little bits of cannon. Yes. And sometimes cannon of like, oh, cool. Maz Kanata helped Leia get that bounty hunter suit, like mm-hmm. actual events in so many things in forces of destiny, though, that were just a celebration of the character's perspective of yes. exactly who they are and why they would care about something in that moment. In the Lego Star Wars is really fun and stays within sort of general canon time frames, but mm. it's not canon. Right. Right. I mean... Which, which, yeah. Then there's a place for that, but then in this day and age, it makes me just put the take the, the, the foot off the gas pedal. Yeah. Like, all right, I'll see when I see it. 
Yeah, exactly. So it'll be great fun, great fun. But I, I hope things like Forces of Destiny come back that are those mm. smaller package things that are, are totally in canon because I think it, uh, it enriches the galaxy. That's my two cents, and that is the news. Thank you so much. You stepped in admirably. Admirably? Admirably? Admirably. Admirably. He stepped in admirably. Jennifer will be back to deliver news, but thank you, sir, for taking on the flack of the news. And as always, if we'd like to recommend a book for you to check out on audio, it's our Force Center recommends. And today it is, Joseph. It is full Halloween listening. It is Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp. If you have not read or listened to this one, it's just Vader and Palpatine being mean to each other for a couple hundred pages, and it's great. Really diving into their uh, relationship. There's a lot of great stuff. Champs and Dula, Ryloth, a lot of cool things. But yes, it is all about the troubled relationship yeah. between Master and Apprentice, <laughs> Palpatine and Vader, and Paulus Kemp, underrated Star Wars writer, because this book came out very early yep. on in that canon onslaught. Yep. I hope he comes back. Me too. Great, great uh, read or listen. So check out Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp on audio uh, uh, Audible today. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook and directly support the show. It is. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Halloween week here. Well, I didn't grow up much of that, uh, with that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, holiday, and it scares me. But it doesn't scare <laughs> Joseph. But one thing we both can agree on, uh, we got the Sith, we got the Jedi, and they've got some extra spiritual stuff going on. And we want to talk today about Sith haunting. That's right. But first, I have a personal question. Did you go yep. trick-or-treating? Never been trick-or-treating in my life. Okay, we should change that. <laughs> can I do it now? Yeah. Uh, Is there adult trick-or-treating arenas? I, you know, I live in an apartment building. We can okay. just, you can come over, we can put on capes, we can go door-to-door in my apartment building Yeah. see if that, people will give us candy. And that's the thing, I always say, like, I didn't <laughs> I didn't grow up in the holiday meeting, like... Uh, you didn't celebrate it Didn't celebrate yeah. I mean, we, we did, went to my church and did an alternative version where it was a big old Western theme and all this stuff. So <laughs> my, and my, and then aside from that, if you were to take that away... My beloved mother, still to this day, so overprotective, there's no way she was going to let me trick-or-treat, with her there or not, to get razor blades in my apples. Oh, yeah. No. So it was, boom, non-existent. I do like candy corn, which a lot of people think is Sith-like. Yeah. I remember the great uh, razor and aspirin days, uh, those those <laughs> yes. fear days. Anyway, let's talk about fear in Star Wars. So I'm so fascinated mm. with the idea of Sith haunting, because it's not a thing that it's really... Uh, crystal clear in canon, but it is mm. peppered all throughout in weird little places. You've got the masks and various artifacts in the Star Wars comics that have been pretty directly canonically said to have Sith spirits very much living inside them, right? Oh, yeah. You've got uh, the Night Sister stuff, which is all very local to Dathomir, but you know, you've got the uh, Rebels episode where the spirits are contained within that mm. altar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have in the uh, Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comic... Mother Talzin exists as a spirit, and she can suck force energy <laughs> and uh, and try to become physical again. Right. Uh, you got the tree on Dagobah in the mirror cave on Octu. We're going to discuss if those are hauntings or not. You got Darth Bane's tomb in the Valley of the Dark Lords, mm. which is, there's not directly a spirit there, but it feels pretty damn haunted when yeah. Yoda goes there. I just rewatched those episodes. We'll mm-hmm. dive into that. There's a bunch of this here. But I wanted to start off uh, the conversation by asking, how do you feel about this big picture divide between Force ghosts and what we're calling Sith hauntings? Mm. Jedi can retain their own identity inside the Force through being selfless. Sith can't do this, don't even seem to know about it, but Mm. they can seem to locate their spirits to specific objects in places and stay there or affect those places. Those places. How do you feel about all that? I I love the divide. The divide is really interesting. Now we're gonna we're not gonna turn this into an, uh, an episode of Coast to Coast with Art Bell or George Norrie <laughs> now, the late Art Bell. Um, but this idea, if you know, uh, you know, a, a ghost is uh, if it's a troubled spirit that hasn't gone to the other side and has been set back. Uh, 
and it's stuck to a house because, you know, that's why this particular apartment, not mine, uh, is haunted because there's something bad happened to this thing. And then, right. then there's, you know, uh, grandma's watching me. Grandma's watching over me. Right. So if we have that divide in the real world, whether you believe it or not, doesn't matter uh, for the sake of the story. I love it in Star Wars. I love that the because f- they're selfless, the Jedi have kind of learned to reform on the other side. And yeah. The Sith, they're like, I want to stay at this rock. <laughs> I'm not leaving from this place. Yeah, I mean, I think it works for me. It feels very Star Wars because I just go back to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Yoda saying, luminous beings are we. Yeah. You know, in Star Wars, it's pretty direct of like, yes, we, we walk around in these forms, but our spirits are who we are. And a connection to the Force allows you to be more powerful in your spirit uh, right. form. And yeah, I love that the Sith are obsessive and specific. So I'd love that they would just be like, nope, I died by this tree. <laughs> Never leaving. Uh, so angry about it. Or it's even this sort of desperate attempt to not give up uh, life. And oh, it's not yeah. even something they're trying to do. It's just because they're, you know, they're so angry. Yeah. And they're holding on, they're holding on, and this is the best that they can hold on. That's a great way to look at it. You, you really just kind of narrow-focused it um, there because that is kind of what Yoda, Obi-Wan, Luke at the end of his life, that's what they're doing, right? They're releasing. They're, they're letting go. Letting go. They're, yeah. they're taking the ship to the Grey Havens. They're okay. They're going to get the other side. Where, yeah, the Sith are, because of their anger, because of their selfishness, because of their quest for power, they're afraid. They're fearful. They're fearful of what might be next, and they're holding tighter. Yeah. Jedi, let go. Sith, hold tighter. There you go. There's your church sermon of the day, kids. <laughs> yeah, so I liked it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how do you feel? Talk to me a little bit about the really explicit comic book hauntings, because mm-hmm. I think those are the most clear, just straight up, yep. There's yeah. a Sith ghost in this mask. <laughs> and this is probably going to get into some spoilers, right? Some spoilers. Uh, if you haven't read the current Darth Vader series by Charles Soule, uh, which is uh, up to, what, issue 22. Now, 22 is the big one, and specifically here. So we might get into some spoilers there. Yes, you have this character of of Momin. Uh, the Momin? Momin, M-O-M-I-N, uh, a dark Sith Lord from the past. We don't know how long ago. The least scary Sith name. I'm just going to throw that out it's there. It's pretty not scary. Yeah. He, though, is like one of those kids in a horror movie that probably uh, would uh, move, okay. move weirdly down a hallway, like the ghost of the kid with like... Okay, okay, so it's a tricky name. Like, you're like, oh, look, it's just Moment. Moment. Who would worry about it? Oh, God, he's lo- Moment. Yeah, he turns around at one point. It's so funny you say it. He turns around because you see like, kind of like his head, and he's like young in, the, in, in this flashback, and he's got like elf-like eyes, but he kind of almost like an evil elf, like nice. a demonic orc-like elf, but he's got a real pretty Legolas-like face, right? You- <laughs> <laughs> it's this weird thing. They do a great job with this. I'll give it. I, I didn't like the issue as much as other people that I've talked about that before, so I don't need to go back to that. But in that, all, all, all that to say, yeah, uh, he he is he is a freaky guy, freaky character, and he is <laughs> freaky moment. It, it is a haunting. It is absolutely a haunting and a possession. And sometimes I don't like that in Star Wars. The screaming Citadel stuff, which. Just had kind of more straight zombie possession I demonic stuff. I just reread stuff. that. It's, like, it's, they're sucking force energy, but they're, they're it, illustrated yeah. to be vampiric in their suckage. Correct. That's good way to say And I, it just, I didn't connect with it. So if you if, if you out there did, uh, that, that's fine. I'm not wagging a finger at it at all. This one does work for me. And I'm trying to figure out why. 
Mm, is it because of that general artifact story that you've liked? Yes. Yeah. I think that's it. I do. Look, I don't need. I don't need Star Wars to be realistic. Shocker. <laughs> I don't need it. It would be a rough life if yeah. you did. Got some real themes in it. Real world themes, of course. Uh, that we all should uh, learn from and, and pull things out from, but um, I do want it to be do want it to be some fantasy and uh, much like Indiana Jones, you know this this pursuit for the artifacts by by the Emperor is really interesting to me. Yeah, and it's, the groundwork for this was laid really interestingly in the Lando five issue arc, right? Correct. And it's, that got that great. Isn't it an Ugnot archaeologist? Yes. It's like Lando's running around having an adventure trying to save Lobot, and this Ugnot's like. Hey, has anybody bothered to ask why Emperor Palpatine has a lot of super scary Sith artifacts yeah. that no one else is even allowed to speak of? Right. Uh, that was one of those details I loved. It, uh, it's it's good, yeah, because the, the royal guard there, they take his helmet off, and he's he's deformed yeah. like by this evil. Yeah. And so it's intriguing. It works. Yeah, and the groundwork was laid there, and it pops back up in uh, another comic. Uh, uh, I, I forget. I'll, okay. lose, I'll lose that trivia battle. <laughs> um, Tora Dozer. But yeah, Charles Soule's this long play. He's got this long play for okay. this artifact. That's so great. I think what I really like about it is that Star Wars is pulled from so many different genres explicitly. I like seeing them pull from just kind of straight-up horror genres mm. explicitly. And the idea of hauntings are so old and right. I think so powerful to our souls. But there's also just, uh, I'm happy to see a little bit of the promise of some of what Palpatine says in Revenge of the Sith fulfilled. Mm. He's talking about the dark side being the path to many abilities that someone find to be unnatural. That, like, okay, well, let's see a few of these things. Because we've seen the moral tale of mm-hmm. Anakin. We've seen the moral tale of where hate and greed and not being able to let go leads you. But I just want to see some weird, spooky, just... That's clearly unnatural. Not like the natural cycle of there's life and death, but like, don't put a dead boy's soul in a mask. Come on. That's not right. And it ties back to what he's talking about is that the Sith maybe have this path to immortality. Yeah. So is that even what Palpatine is knowingly dangling to Anakin? of Like, well, maybe if you turn to the dark side, I can put Padme's soul, you know, in a staff. It's really interesting you say that. Really interesting. I, I reread the issue a few times because it's got a lot of the old Republic stuff, and I, I just don't, I just don't connect with it. But I read it a second time, and there's little things I picked up on because I'm fascinated, which is why I like Lords of the Sith, between the relationship between Vader and Palpatine. Yeah, it, it is, it is a bad relationship. They, Not they, healthy. They need a breakup. Unnatural. All right? <laughs> Unnatural. Well, we all love that scene, right? The Plagueis scene, the Plagueis monologue yeah. from Revenge of the Sith is a lot of people's like, oh, that's the, I love that scene. Even like, the prequels suck, but that scene, that's, that's yeah. like the Darth Maul of Revenge of the Sith, right? <laughs> and you're so right. And there's a moment in this where uh, Palpatine gives Vader a little history. Vader, Anakin, who he has said before, I can save Padme. He gives him this whole speech, and Vader's like, I've never heard this character, no records, no Sith holocrons, I'm paraphrasing, um, this Momin character. He's like, how do you know this? And Palpatine says, the mask told me. Mm. And it's weird. And then later on, the mask promises Momin, now in a form, now in another form, basically, he promises to bring back Padme, and Vader's like, I've heard this before. Nice. And he literally says, I've been let down by this before. So it does tie to that scene a lot, which that's that great. might be why. And that's where the comic book is heading, right? Yes, as of right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, it, And then it's really putting it on this direct track 
to compare different ideas of immortality. Yeah. You know, so yeah. by the time if if we get to see Vader do some spooky Sith stuff to try to bring Padme back, mm. pr- pretty sure Padme's soul is not going to be on board with that. Right. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that story plays out. Yeah. But then you track that to Obi-Wan telling mm. Vader, uh, she'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Yeah. At that point, Vader's just like, whatever. Whatever. Immortality. Shut up. Shut up. I don't yeah. believe you. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? That's really interesting stuff to me. Um, so I want to move on to the Night Sisters. Night Sisters. So they're a little bit more just like they have witch force magic, the icker of the planet. Man, it's it's the craft for Star Wars. <laughs> it is the right? craft for Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they get tied to their altar in Rebels, mm-hmm. and, and uh, like I said, they're able to reform their physical presence uh, in some ways. Um, do you like all those ideas tied around Night Sisters? Do you like that they're really localized that planet? How do you feel about all that? I, I, I'll tell you, it wasn't early on uh, my f- most favorite thing in the Clone Wars. But as my appreciation of Asajj Ventress has grown, and, and this, this great character, the fact that I, I, I do like it, and I do, I do like when she goes home. Yeah. It's powerful, because that's when the character gets these different shades and layers. And again, I recommend people checking out that Happy Beeps episode uh, Jennifer did on, Jennifer, on, on Katie Lucas, and how much Katie Lucas put herself into Ventress, and that's when the character became more than cool villain. <laughs> and it's yeah. po- that's powerful stuff. And so then I started to see it from a different perspective, because Mother Talzin's it's great, but she's a witch, right? She's floating, and we've talked about the horror of that character before. Yeah. And someone like me who loves the the war over the lore and wants to see stormtroopers shooting rebels, that's not something I naturally gravitate to. But but it it I, I like it and I like that Dooku has to have this respect for them. Yeah. He can't easily defeat her at least. You know, there's this thing going on. There. No, no. I mean that Son of Death in your comic is all about the insane amount of work that Palpatine goes into to kill Talzin because he fears her. Yeah. So it is, you know, we're kind of told in Star Wars canon of like, yeah, they're not just some witches who are just stuck on that planet. I mean, their magic appears to come from the planet, Mm. but it's interesting to see all of our big bads be so frightened of them. Yeah. And work so hard to end Mother Talzin. Yeah, Mother Talzin, she's uh, like the Queen of Thorns in Game of Thrones, right? She's just kind (laughs) of like battling these old men around town and, 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 um, and, how it ends up and the stuff in Rebels, it, that's where it really, yeah, it's like it all ties together for me. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to see the Night Sisters return? Yeah, actually, I would. I would. And, and, if, and if it's in the past, you know, I don't know how far uh, in the past. Oh, yeah. yeah. A little bit more there. Do I need a Night Sisters series or something? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you could convince me. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty fascinating planet with the culture that they have. Yep. Um, I just uh, rewatched the, uh, the episode where uh, Maul kills Satine, and mm-hmm. I forgot that that gets just, that Obi-Wan directly throws that in his face of, Maul, I know you didn't even choose the dark mm-hmm. side. The Night Sisters chose it for you, and Maul doesn't want to think about that or talk about that. There's right. like, there's lots to be explored that on one hand, they are like, Star Wars goes to a Halloween store, you know, <laughs> yeah. on Sunset Boulevard in October, and just, there's the Night Sisters. They're yeah. awesome witches. Yeah. But they have done such great work of making a whole society out that out of yeah. them a whole philosophy out of them and yeah they're kind of spooky and evil but how much are they wanting to go out into the galaxy and conquer and how much are they just wanting to have 
their world be the way they need and want it to be. It kind of leave us alone. <laughs> you yeah. keep showing up here. Yeah, leave <laughs> us alone. And obviously, Mother Talzin is trying to uh, yeah. affect how things go and all that. But I would love to, see, man. If there's an old Republic movie or a TV sure. show, I'd love to see how did they play into. Yeah. All of that, you know, did they used to be all over and they got driven back to just Dathomir or was Dathomir one of the mm. sites of great Jedi Sith Wars? I, you know, and, and, and if Dan and Dave or whatever or whoever, I think it eventually will come out. Right. Yeah. I think eventually we'll get some of these old Republic stories. I'd be fascinated with that because that is the great kind of litmus test. Right. Like, how can it how can these things and ideas and themes that we see in, in, in the animated shows, reading the books and the comics, how can they translate to the big screen? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's this weird thing. And now it's a little different because there's so many characters, Dr. Aphra, Ray Sloan, Singer, all these characters that kind of make an impact in the things. And we want to see them because we love them so much. Yeah. We want to see them on the big screen. But how they translate kind of, you know, does it, does, does it work? Does, would Mother Talzin in live action work? And I think it would. I think so. And then all the stuff you're talking about could be really explored. It could be. And it would have a good place in a Old Republic or a lore-based movie. Yeah. It would work. Yeah. It would work. I would love to see a uh, the idea, like the uh, original Dracula movie, he's got to mm. sleep in uh, dirt from Transylvania. So it would be cool if there were, like, all these Night Sisters going around the galaxy with, like, a little bit of dirt <laughs> <laughs> or ichor from Dathomir in their pockets. A little piece of home. A little piece of home. I'd love how creepy that is. Uh, let's talk uh, about the Darth Bane vision in Clone Wars. Yeah. So uh, rewatched that episode recently as well because I was uh, talking about some Force Ghost stuff on the most recent episode of Star Wars Counseling. So Darth Bane is a, a vision. He's not really a ghost. Mm. But that area, that Valley of the Sith Lords, is real. And uh, it's a place, we're told, by the Force Priestesses where the Sith used to sacrifice Jedi. Mm. So it sounds like the Sith were up to some kind of yeah. arcane, witchy stuff. It's not where they had some fights. <laughs> and some Jedi lost where they sacrifice Jedi. And we're, that Ooh. whole arc, the Force Priestesses yeah. are sort of all-powerful, all-knowing. Mm. And they're like, hey, Yoda, to complete your journey, you should probably go down amongst these tombs. And, like, we can't control what happens in there. And you'll yeah. be very vulnerable. Bye. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, so it's not necessarily a direct haunting, but it does seem to be, like, the way that um, Palpatine and Dooku can connect to Yoda and torment him there. Right. Uh, if you've watched those episodes, but how do you feel about that idea of where all the Sith are buried has unspeakable powers is an unspeakable presence. Perf makes perfect sense for me. If you start diving into Sith lore and I really like it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Bane was a, was a ghost, a haunting. I think it was something there that was pulled out for Yoda, but I also think and I, I, you know, it's been a while since I've seen those specific episodes. But like, I, you know, Yoda shows up, and it's like, whoa, the spirits there got to be like, this is this is a threat. Yeah, like, dude, come on, bring out the big guns. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Bane, come on up here. Yeah. So I, I, I do, I do like that a lot too, as well. I'm fascinated by the. I, I like I said, I haven't seen that in a while. I've sacrificed the Jedi. <laughs> Sacrificing the Jedi is yeah. just a weird, terrifying detail. It ain't just like a, you know, Kid Fisto getting one shot in against Palpatine. <laughs> this is dark stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's so fascinating because mm. it is um, the nature of Star Wars and kind of the nature of Halloween of, like, let's play with how much of truly staring into absolute darkness yeah. can we take. Yeah. And even for a 
kids show like Clone Wars was, it always danced up to the edge of deep darkness and just be like, this is where all of these super evil guys are buried. Yeah. They did super evil things. And for me, it makes me think of like real life places where horrible things happened Mm -hmm. and how we feel about them and how we handle them. Like, how do we commemorate? uh, Right. A place where we know a battle happened. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, you know, feel like they can feel the energy in the room right after an awful thing happened there. Mm -hmm. And it, if you believe in those kind of things, yeah, Yoda walking into that temple must just be like the most awful <laughs> feeling ever. And I think that's the point of like, oh yeah, you just soak yourself in dark side energy. I uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it. You know, <laughs> you want to go to the you want to go to the Valley of the Dark Lords? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm yeah. gonna go. I, I, I would veto that if a travel yeah. agent said, I "Got it." The <laughs> Valley of the Sith Lords. How about that? Check uh, that out. Uh, all right, so we wanted to move on from that yep. to a little bit more uh, specific idea of a presence in a space, mm. and that is the dark side tree cave on Dagobah. Love this idea, and this ties into some of that stuff that Yoda's going through because he goes to Dagobah, uh, and that's where Qui Gon's like, "Hop in this cave, buddy," or he's in yep. there. Those little little force flies <laughs> leave yeah, Yoda in there. Like, yeah, all all the more Qui Gon can manage at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I and I like I like that idea. I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by you know, the Legends version was an heir of the Empire. That trilogy of, of Yoda defeated a Sith Lord there. But I think this is even better. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Do you like it better that idea that a specific Dark Lord died there? So mm-hmm. like even when Luke goes into it, it's that specific character mm-hmm. messing with anybody who comes in. Or do you like it more that? Some way, somehow, this one place on this very vibrant, verdant planet full of life, this one place is full of death. I, I like I like that version. I like the full of death version. Simply <laughs> simply because like I have a, the full of death version, metal songs. Uh, um, metal songs in the key of Sith. There you go. Uh, I... <laughs> I like that a lot because, it, you know, look at even what Luke's talking about in Last Jedi, you know, Ray's feeling these things, the cycle of life and light and dark and, yeah. and life and death. And Luke's like, you know, we can't control that. Who are we to think that? So the force is there, man. And then for the force to kind of take on its own forms and own its own way. And to I'm sure there's some good places you walk into and I feel light and fluffy. And then to have this like little pocket of darkness. It's just that to me, then the lore is, it does become interesting. It is, but it becomes even more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Versus, and Darth, you know, Darth Killer died there, and he's, <laughs> you know, ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, a mask is buried there. I don't know. There, yeah. There's a part of me that doesn't mind having, like, a reason, an origin. Sure, like, sure, like sure, sure. The, it's if, a, yeah, if you want to take it back then, yes. Yeah, a little, I mean, a little on the nose for me that Yoda literally defeated right. a dark. But I like that maybe... You know, eons and eons ago, someone died there and they have a presence. But there gets yeah. to be this really interesting choice between uh, Luke goes down there and is it, and Yoda tells him the only things in there is what he brings with him. Right. So is this, Yoda, or Luke's bringing his baggage of wanting to face Vader, you know, not realizing his connection to Vader, not realizing his risk of becoming Vader. Right. It's one thing if Luke brings all of that into this place where there's cold and death and darkness and it brings it out in him. That's really different than like a spirit trying to bring anybody who comes in there closer to darkness. Right. Yeah. And I like that because that's, that's the lesson, right? What are our expectations that we're bringing around 
Yeah. What do you? What are the expectations you're bringing into Last Jedi? <laughs> you yeah. might be going into a cave. <laughs> your focus determines your reality. Yes, yes, exactly. And so I think that's more of a of a powerful lesson. Again, it's still uh, it's still a haunting. It's still something there. And again, yeah, you're right. You're right. Good. Go back ten thousand years, and Dagobah was the site of a Sith castle or a Sith gift shop, and yeah. things have gone on from there. <laughs> the sales were poor. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But yeah. yes. That it's not so much specific, but if Leia had gone in there, her vision might have been different. If, yeah. If, if uh, Mace had gone in there, it had been different. Yeah, know? yeah. All right, well, let's uh, talk about uh, the mirror cave on Octu, which I think is a pretty has a pretty direct relationship. Yeah. Uh, certainly with just with uh, rhyming with Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of a different place. Dagobah is uh, meant to be powerful in the Force, but right. Octu is where it all started. And there is up high... Mm-hmm. A temple to light, where the Jedi gathered, and then down below there's darkness. And Luke does seem pretty chill about it when he yeah. when Ray starts to feel it. And he's like, "Yep, powerful light, powerful dark, balance." Yeah. <laughs> so there's it? a part of me that Luke is almost being like, "Well, yeah, if all of these Jedi gathered and learned the light and concentrated on the light, of course this is just going to kind of grow beneath it to balance it." Right. So there's that version, or you can also go down the same Dagobah path of like. Yeah, and then uh, one of them turned to darkness, and they killed him and dumped him in yeah. that cave, and now it's soaked with darkness. <laughs> and it might be a little both there. Yeah. Uh, I I was watching the Last Jedi uh, director commentary from from Ron Johnson, which I I had never done. I finally got the hard copy, finally sat down to, oh, yeah. to do it. And he comes to Burton, and he, and he you know absolutely says it, it's similar in concept to Dagobah. Um, so again, origin might be this, but I I, I love I'm intrigued by Luke, kind of not caring. And I wonder if if, you, if he's even gone down there. Yeah. Like now he's like, I'm over. I'm, I'm over all of this. I want to tear it all down. Force, do your thing. I'm yeah. not going to drop down there and be confronted by Kylo or the ghosts of the past or you know, have a barbecue with, with Palpatine. Um, I, I think I love that he almost, he's disconnected from the Force too. Yeah, he's disconnected from the Force. Yeah. So maybe he's not literally feeling it. But I also like the idea of even if he didn't disconnect the second he mm-hmm. got there, yeah, uh, the idea that it would be like let us sh- let us show yeah. you your fears, and he's like, I'm good, I, I I'm good with that. I don't need any help. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing here is confronting yeah. my fears and doubts. I don't need your help with that dark side uh, cave. I got my I'm so over you. you. Yeah, the thing that is really appealing to me about mm-hmm. the mirror cave, which is a little bit different than Dagobah, mm-hmm. Luke feels cold. Yes. The mirror cave literally calls out to Ray and offers her something she wants. Yeah. That is so proactive. Yes. It, the, the mirror cave tries to mess with Ray. It says, we have the answer you want. And then it shows her the truth, mm. as we as understand we know, it yeah. in canon, shows her the truth, expecting to break her, wanting to break her. Because what's what happens down in the cave isn't is sort of like dark and ominous is oh, you literally, you bring your weapons, you expect to fight, mm-hmm. and you're confronted by the person that you expect to fight and right. lash out. and Everything that happens to Luke is very dark. Yeah. And this is just, hey, we have a truth. It's a really upsetting one. It's almost like if somebody was like afraid they were being cheated on and there was like yeah. a cave that was like, I'll tell you the truth. And they get you like, yep, you are. Ha, ha, ha. And like wants to just tell someone an awful truth to break them. Yeah. It's like the show Cheaters that used to run a syndication <laughs> where like, we've got video footage. You want to see it? Well, yeah. An awkward analogy, but yeah. that's what I specialize in. 
Um, yes, uh, that's and that's what I love uh, about it in terms of the differences is this idea of we'll, we'll give you what you want, um, but what you want might destroy you or might not be what you want to face. And I remember thinking, you know, the first time you see it and the water dumps on her, it's this cool visual. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, what's going on here? And, you know, you're probably thinking she's going to pop in there at some point, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that is where the flip was. I, I remember watching the first time thinking, oh, this is... This is all it is, but meaning in a good way. Like, oh, it isn't. It isn't the Sith Goblin down there. It's yourself. Yeah, and it's literally reflection. And Ray doesn't want to face it. And sometimes knowing our true place or knowing the answer is going to destroy us more than <laughs> still the search for the answer. Yeah, it was a different kind of darkness. Yeah, and was, I like it. It's almost deeper of just like you are alone. Yeah, you're nothing. You're alone, yeah. and that's. And that is haunting. It's yeah. a different kind of dark side haunting. A real different kind of haunting. So given all that, do you, for that one, do you like, I guess there's this contrast of it seems natural to me that it just would have formed in response to the light side, but it seems so proactive. It feels yeah. more like a specific spirit going, who's near me? Are there yeah. any flies I can bring into my web and hurt? That, I, look, I, more, more than the Dagobah cave, if this is the first spot, Right, we got yeah. old Prime Jedi up on the hill and the yeah. fountain up there, and we know others have come. And the the, the caretakers talk about that, and and they have lost and found. Yeah, you know, <laughs> everything according to the novelization, right? Yeah, yeah. that's so great. Uh, it could be. Uh, it could, could be, be that Prime it, Sith yeah. got murdered down there. Yeah, Prime got Jedi, taken Prime out. Sith. Yep. Powerful light, light dark. powerful yeah. dark. Yep. I like, and it's all both of it is Snoke. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that origin story. <laughs> both of it is no okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Split into two. They're both Ezra. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Got it. Got it. Uh, in a lesser haunting, yeah. my mind went to that moment in the Shattered Empire comic where Leia goes to Naboo, stands in the same place that Maul revealed himself uh, to uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, and they started their battle and feels cold. Did you ever think of that as a haunting? Yeah, I like that a lot, actually, as a haunting. I'm sorry I keep saying that. I like that a lot on the show. <laughs> uh, it's our new drinking game here. Uh, I, 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 But I, I really do. I love that moment. And it's, we know Maul didn't die there. Right. But a massive amount of anger and hate was felt there. Uh, Padme's painting, uh, what is it, uh, in, in the, the Leia comic, reacts to her. Mm. So that makes some sense to me as well, uh, with the light and the dark kind of reacting in bad. Maybe you're not force sensitive, of course, but the force is kind of trying to speak to Leia. Interesting. Um, so I kind of, I kind of like that. I, I like, I like, uh, I like when she feels that kind of stuff. It would make sense. She's very powerful. Yeah. And do you think it is Leia specific that this, in a roundabout way, ties to her legacy? It ties to. I, I would, I would come down on the side of yes. Yeah. I would come down and say the yes. It it doesn't make sense if you know Bob Fisto, the fourth son of <laughs> Kit Fisto, walks through there. He, he he to me, other than just general Sith darkness. Yeah, he's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, this I like, is connected. Yeah, and I I wonder if the idea that this has just been so recently in the timeline mm -hmm. uh, told to Leia that yeah. you have these powers if she's sort of without even thinking about it, kind of reaching out for experiences, yeah, and for feelings. You know, that, that makes more sense to me than, like, 
everywhere a deeply evil person went is gets chilly. Yeah, exactly. No, and that, and that, but that's the point is she's not walking around because there's yeah, at one point a lot of Sith in the galaxy. Yeah. So this is specific to her her story. Yeah, because otherwise there'd be some temperature problems in the entire galaxy. <laughs> uh, so Anakin, of course, was redeemed and possibly became one with the Force. We still don't know. Nice and juicy, mysterious. But do you think Vader's helmet could be haunted? Do you want Vader's helmet? to be haunted. This is a great question because I I I got to think the answer is no. Yeah. The way is it's presented in Return of the Jedi. Now again, George didn't know 30 40 years later would be all talking about this stuff. <laughs> but he has some pretty clear ideas about the Force so that we still have to go back to. Yeah. Filoni uh, studied at the feet of that that knowledge. Ryan Johnson studied it as well and goes back to So it, it and I don't and that's and that's it, it, and I'm not saying J.J. didn't, because Lawrence Kasdan certainly does. Yeah. He understands it, as, as he tells his son. I don't know this stuff. I just made it. Um, <laughs> so when he's worshiping the, the helmet of Vader, and, the, and this, this thing has talked to him, could it, you know, the questions of could it have been Snoke the whole time using the helmet or anything oh, yeah. like that. I am more on that side than, than the helmet itself. I, I would think the helmet has some powers, but it's... I guess it's not totally dis, you know, it's similar, I guess, to the moment thing. Yeah. But it's, it's some about Vader that makes it a little different to me where I don't, he was, he was redeemed with the helmet off. So I guess you could be yeah. technical and say the helmet was off, <laughs> but you know what but I mean? What, you know what I mean? What was I, the actual moment of redemption? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, that's, yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah. You're right. No, you're right. He chose it with the mask on. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I really think Kylo is pulling a lot of things on his own from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, uh, I know that there was like this, um, the artwork, right? In Building of the Force Awakens, playing with that idea of Kylo seeing the spirit of Anakin and the spirit of Vader as sort of ghost devils on his Mm. shoulder kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which uh, I like. Concept art, cool stuff, but opens the door to, I think, this kind of conversation, certainly. But the way I feel about it is I'd be fine if the helmet was sort of soaked in ambiguous dark side energy, mm. which seems, you know, we've talked about a lot this episode. But I feel like Anakin was redeemed. He right. destroyed Vader. Right. And I feel like Vader doesn't exist. I agree. Yeah. So I would Fully. be bummed if it was sort of like in episode nine, it was like Vader's talking to Kylo through the helmet going, do bad things. Yeah. And Anakin's like, don't, I learned my lesson. And they're kind of separated as two entities. I feel like there's a battle between these, the way this one person was defining himself. Mm -hmm. He chose Anakin in the end. Yeah. Vader's gone. I always say Vader's, Vader's biggest opponent, the one he couldn't defeat was Anakin. And Anakin defeated Anakin, just like Obi-Wan saying Vader killed Anakin. Yep. Anakin defeated Vader. So yes, I don't. It's not split into two to me. Yeah. You know, other things, the people around it, acolytes beyond, searching for all the stuff, they get affected by masks and aftermath and then interludes. But it's not Vader's. They don't yeah. know it as Vader's. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that's why, and that's why this is totally different. But that's why we kind of want Anakin to show up in nine or at some point, kind of tell Kylo, "Hey, idiot, yeah, <laughs> you're listening to the wrong." <laughs> Team. This is actual me, Anakin. Don't yeah. listen to whatever weird dark side waves you get off my mask. How would you feel about a Snoke haunting? I do love this idea. Yeah? I mean, in, in keeping with our haunting theme, 
Uh, I think his powers go beyond uh, some understanding of, of characters in the galaxy. Right, though. they're a different kind of unnatural than yes. Sith unnatural. Yes, and I, which might have been why Palpatine was intrigued by him in the first place. If they ever talked, or I definitely believe, <laughs> believe he felt him. You Force know Skyped, I mean? yeah, yeah. Force Skyped, indeed. Um, so I love the idea of a Snoke haunting. Where that could be? yeah. I don't know, because there's no home base. He's very clear about that. Yeah, there's no home. My only thought is maybe if he haunted his own throne. And, like, they, you know, they uh, that ship seems like they're probably not going to repair it. Probably not. supremacy is A lot of money would take. Yeah, but maybe they take the throne out. Yeah. Kylo's sitting in that. Kylo sits in it. Yeah. Yes, I just winked at Joseph (laughs) for those who couldn't see. But you you made the noise. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, I, I like I like an afterlife battle between Luke and what's left of Snoke or whatever Snoke is. Yeah, how would you feel if he was just like a ghost? How do you feel like that would break your understanding of Star Wars if he just sort of appeared to Kylo? No, because uh, he to me seems more than any uh, previous Sith Lord is he's not Sith, so he's studied all of it and he's aware of. All of it. Yeah. And if he's learned force lightning that could knock Kylo off his feet and yeah. you know, all those things he does, maybe that's part of, you know, we talk about new kind of Jedi and we want Ray to lead a new type of Jedi. Yep. I, I could see Snoke like, no, there's another way to do this. Yeah. And he's fearful. He's hateful. He's got all the Sith trademarks. It would mean he didn't want to leave this life. Yeah. But maybe, maybe in another way. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. I feel like it's it, deep. There's a part of me that, like, some sort of Harry Potter Horcrux like thing makes sense to me that he mm. would try to have put his soul in, you know, that ring. How about? The, yeah. Yeah. You know, some, but then you, then you, there's a part of me that's like, that's so cool. But then there's a part of me that's like, you know, you, you have to balance it very carefully to still feel like Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're going down weird paths, but as was the theme of the episode. But yeah, like, I don't want Snoke. For a uh, ghost Snoke in Kylo's ear, because to me the, the the big victory of of Ryan Johnson taking out Snoke is that Kylo is now on his own. Yeah, and yeah, he might be fighting someone, maybe some other people in the First Order that don't agree with it. I get that, but I don't want I don't want him to have to deal with Snoke. Yeah, I want him to make his own decisions. Yeah, I'd be fine with it if it's something like Kylo puts that ring on. And he sees flashes and he hears, you know. Yeah, and then we get a little bit of the backstory. Doubts and the rage and, like, not not Mm -hmm. Snoke being super sentient and being like, well, let me explain some plot to you, but just Mm -hmm. feeling Kylo is being sort of attacked by his hate. Yeah, and if we were back in the speculating uh, very irresponsibly days, (laughs) yeah, you'd look and say, well, uh, his ring was made from parts from the castle. Now the castle is where Momin was and it, it, it. Yep, yep, on yep, Mustafar, right? On Mustafar, on Vader's castle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so yeah. You could have some fun with it. I just don't think they'll go that deep. It's got to yeah. be quicker, more accessible, emotional ghost hauntings. Right, right. So he's going to haunt the lower half of his golden yeah. rope. There, we figured it out. <laughs> figured it out. If not in episode nine, do you want the idea of force hauntings to be featured prominently in a movie or a live action thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd like to if if. If Dan and Dave are, are going to dive in, we, again, we do not know. We do not know that for any fact. Uh, that's the place for it, though. Yeah. Because then you could cover, depending, say they tell the story of a thousand years ago, you could cover the 10,000 year, you know, beginning. Uh, you know, if it's Bane, we could have dreams of Malik or rather oh, yeah. than all those characters. And I, I don't even think they'll be the ones that will show up. <laughs> maybe Bane, but maybe Bane. Um, yeah, that, that it's, 
what we're talking about today makes me even more excited for what you could learn about the dark side at these dark places. Yeah, yeah. I really want to see this on screen, partially because I don't want the uh, cool genre Star Wars movie dream to die. Yeah. I understand that, you know, they probably overextended by putting Solo out so quickly, and it's really mm-hmm. caused everything to, to wobble. Yeah. But, you know, I remember my excitement when Rogue One first came out, and it's like, oh, wow. They threw out a lot of things, heist, war, but that back half is Star Wars is a war movie. Yeah. And I still, it got me so excited, and I still want to see a straight-up Star Wars horror movie. You know, we've we've pitched and got excited about lots of ideas over the years mm-hmm. here on Force Center, but there's just, there's so much fun to be had with this idea. Uh, absolutely, more than, it'd be such a challenge, because if it was a legit, scary horror movie, yeah, my... Dislike of horror <laughs> movies would be challenged, and I'd have to overcome it because yes, you, you know would. I'd see it. Yes, so you would. You know, oof, what a weird spot. But what attracts me to what you're talking about is explaining some of the mysteries of the Force, which is very close to George's heart. Yeah, very close to George's heart, and and I, I would I would want it just for that. Yeah, and be a great way to explore. There's the balance of light and dark, and then there's using the dark for very unnatural means. Yeah, you know, and to see a, a hero confront that in some way in a horror movie that would be amazing It'd be mm-hmm. great uh last question on our topic uh, we try to end with the fun ones if you had to be haunted by a known dark side user who would it be and why <laughs> look man i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i have an answer that isn't palpatine <laughs> yeah it depends because it would you are in your scenario here that you're dreaming up do we are you aware or are you just haunted i think you're aware i think i like this idea of them being kind of localized. So let's mm-hmm. say, you know, you bought your nice couch at Ikea. Yeah. You didn't know it. It just came with Palpatine. It does look like his cape, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. I got one of those Palpatine Ikea couches. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, Sheev. Sit on me. Sit on, do it. Um, Don't get up. Yeah, I, I, I would want Sheev because I'd, ha- I'd have a lot of questions, man. Yeah. A lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of canon questions. Yeah. Things. I really want to know. How far ahead of you was Padme when she wanted to go back to Naboo? I think that's still something he kind of could control, might have wanted to happen, but I still believe that Padme did some things that he had to kind of catch up to. Oh, yeah, he had to do some quick dancing. Yeah, yeah. and I and I, mean, uh, and I, I just want to maybe rub it in his face and get a little more details. <laughs> you? Which is different when you're uh, talking about rubbing it in his face and he's a couch. That's quite the visual image. You know, <laughs> it's beautiful. I think I'd have to go with a uh, mall. Yeah, I think I'd want my computer desk haunted oh, by yeah. mall. I mean, I love Palpatine. I know you do. Yeah, but and I would love to hear that voice. But he is just so achingly evil, and I feel like Maul certainly fully embraced the dark side. But he, but he also feel I also feel bad for Maul in some ways. Oh yeah. So I feel I know it wouldn't be healthy. Yeah. I know I wouldn't ultimately get anywhere. But I would be tempted to just try to talk through Maul's feelings all the time. It would be a great way to procrastinate. It'd be great. Yeah, I think he he was he was uh, a lot of circumstances led to his path. Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. things outside of his control, and it affected him. Kind of like Ventress in a way too. Yeah, they'd, they'd be good therapy sessions. Yeah. So then we could get uh, my Maul desk and your Palpatine couch <laughs> together and just have an evil old time. Go at it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that is our look at spooky Sith hauntings. Absolutely. Happy Halloween, Star Wars fans. What do you think about Sith hauntings? We'll tell you where to reach out at the end of the show. Right now, we're going to go into audience questions. We do it every week. Take your questions from Twitter, Facebook, and always on Patreon. First up here, Jedi Knights at Jedi Knights Pod. Uh, they're right. As a huge Simpsons fan, I love when you uh, you all reference the series. What Simpsons character would you cast into Star Wars, and in what type of role? Uh, Mo Sislak would make a great cantina bartender. Who you got? <laughs> Hashtag Force Center. I I don't talk about it much anymore. I don't watch it as much. But I'm not one of those. Uh, there's some late years Simpson episodes that I think are pure genius. But I am. Quite a Simpsons fan from back in the day. Justin. Oh yes, yes, yes. You as well. We don't. Oh, yeah. yeah, we absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I used to, you know, in uh, Minneapolis, it used to be on twice a day, six mm. and six thirty, and I would watch it every day. I remember watching the first episode. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. I remember waiting. Uh, yeah. Oh God. We can talk about the early Fox lineup days. Yeah. Get a life, which you <laughs> talked about with David Hamill on Obsessed. Uh, so, all right. So this is a great question. I love this. Uh, and who you who you got? Yeah, Sizzlack is a part. Yeah. Flaming Wu hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flaming Wu hairs. <laughs> you know, I love uh, Professor Frank, and he's yeah. one of the characters that I can actually hear his voice. I can hear Professor Frank uh, visiting the Colossus in Resistance. <laughs> like I feel like the voice acting would actually match a little bit. Uh, technically, I would. Uh, the uh, ratio of the compulsion of the jet engine of the ace resistance fighter. Like I just, yeah, right. I would love that. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get cheat and give you two. So if you want to come back with a second <laughs> one too, because there's literally hundreds of characters to choose from. I mean, I was trying to go to like Hans Molman. How do I make him a poor man's Yoda? But I'll start <laughs> this. I'll start Lisa Simpson. Ooh, if, if you know Leia represents all that is is good in Star Wars, and I think Lisa represents all. That is good in The Simpsons, and she might be the only one. Right. Marge to it, you know, generally Marge as well. Um, she, she to me, would be like, I, I was going to say a Jedi, but even then looking at like Lyra or so, someone who, who went around the galaxy, you know, studying it and everything and, and had beliefs but wasn't necessarily a Jedi, Lisa Simpson could be like that. She could be like a leader for yeah. the galaxy. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, I can I see Lisa being trained as a young Jedi by Rey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, a little bit like Ahsoka, too. Like, no, I'm not even quite sure about the Jedi Order now, you know. <laughs> oh, no. uh, then my other choice would be uh, Duffman. Oh, um, yeah. As like a, a Imperial Stormtrooper who's just bumbling, doesn't get it. <laughs> the Beer Trooper. Beer Trooper. Oh, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Uh, you have a bonus uh, one? Yeah, uh, let's see. There, there are so many great. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a comic book guy uh, pop up. Uh, maybe on a, you go back to a pod race and he's oh, yeah. uh, trying to sell some collectibles. Maybe in the marketplace outside the the pod race. Uh, that'd stands. be good. Yeah, <laughs> I've wasted we've my life. wasted my life. <laughs> I had an action figure of that with the button, and I would just hit it it's every best. day. Oh, I've wasted my life. Might be, might be my favorite Simpsons line. I think. It, uh, the the comic book guy, my favorite line is when he has that weird romance with oh, yeah. uh, Skinner's mom, and they're both critiquing the sun, <laughs> and he says, "Could it be any more orange?" <laughs> <laughs> like they yeah. they predicted social media. They did. They did. <laughs> That's all. A lot of things they predicted. That was one of them. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from J M E Jimmy at Diz Crazed Friend. Uh, it occurred to me that the confrontation Ray had with Luke reflects how things may have gone if Luke found out what happened between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Did you do it? Did you create Darth Vader? 
What are your thoughts? I, I love this one. I love diving into some of the Ray, Luke, Luke, Vader, Obi-Wan. We know one of your favorite characters of yeah. all time there. Um, what do you think about this? Where does your mind go with this? Oh, yeah. I think uh, I think there's a possibility that this conversation happened. We kind of don't know how much Luke uh, communed with Obi-Wan after the events of Return of the Jedi. So he's going around figuring out stuff about the Force, if he called the Obi-Wan, if he even can, if Obi-Wan mm. would uh, take the, the Force call and show yeah. up and work some things out. You know, maybe uh, Obi-Wan was so uh, set that the only way to defeat Vader mm-hmm. was to kill him. Yeah. So I could see, uh, you know, a reality where Obi-Wan wants to come back and go, uh, so I was wrong. Right. Uh, thanks uh, Thanks for teaching me right. my former mentor, you know, or, or my former student. Thanks for teaching me. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, at one point, as Vader himself says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. So I I, I, I am more of this is why we want the Obi-Wan movie, right? Yeah. I think that happens after Mustafar, and I think, and, the, and, and, and that Obi-Wan, yeah, was like, all right, that ain't working. We're going to go this way. And for Luke, yeah, to have that. And I'm thinking of Heir to the Empire. They talk, and then he goes away, right? So we don't really get the answer, even in Legends. Yeah, that that, uh, that that I know of. And yeah, I, uh, the beginning of Air Dam Party is like I can't do this anymore. Yeah, which is also one of the things that it, it is not for me. Yeah, enjoy your hot chocolate. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um. So I do like the idea that at some point Luke confronts him on it, even after the events of Jedi. Yeah. And maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll yeah. get that down the line. I I love though the idea that Obi. It's weird because Obi Wan to me, I understand where he's trying to protect Luke. That's just too much. Yeah. That is just too much to lay. I've just Picked you up from this farm where I've been secretly watching you. You don't even know what the Force is. You He's got that know. great take of like, of course you don't even know what the Force is. <laughs> yes. Uh, and oh, by the way, the evilest being in the galaxy. You'll meet him. He's your dad. <laughs> I need you to kill him. need you to kill him. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Whereas I like Luke being a little bit more honest with Ray And like, hey, here's what I feel I did wrong. And her... She's not wrong, and he knows she's not wrong, except for she's wrong. You know, it's this weird, and what's in Luke's brain at that moment? Yeah, and I think, well, I think that Luke is just so projecting of, like, not only did I fail, Mm. my mentors failed me, and here's how Obi-Wan failed. So in a way, I think he's making Mm. himself feel a little better about his own failures by saying, look, I mean, and he... Uh, Ray gets this language, this word from Luke, because Luke is the one who says it was a Jedi who trained and created Darth Vader. So Luke's certainly come around to that thought, mm-hmm. and maybe Obi Wan is trying to reach out to him, but Luke's shut off the force. Maybe <laughs> Obi Wan's trying to have like, do we need to say created? Is that really yeah, yeah. Is that what we came to, Luke? Is that how you're feeling right now? But he's turned off from the force, so you can't have a chat. I do love that image of just like, hey man, you gonna you gonna write back? Hey man, you want to meet for coffee? <laughs> hey man, hey Luke, good to talk to you again. You haven't uh, returned my calls. Yeah, making some choices that I feel like I yeah. have some insight I could help you out. That's really interesting. That's something we can maybe talk more of it on another show because that's really, yeah, you're, you're very right that Luke's kind of like, yeah, Obi-Wan, he effed up. Yeah, like I failed, <laughs> but man, do you see what Obi-Wan did? Do you see what the whole Jedi Order yeah, did? Yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. And we'll see if Ray was right. We still might find out that she was right. Yeah. We go over to Patreon now. If you want to support, we'll tell you where at the end of the show. We got questions here from Laura Martin. She writes, I absolutely love this podcast. Well, we absolutely love you, Laura, and she appreciates all the hard work we do and put into it. So given all the research, writing, recording, etc., that goes into it, how do you keep your love of Star Wars fresh and alive? How does it not become, quote, work and therefore less enjoyable? If I had some deadlines of pressure to create content put on me, I think I'd start to view Star Wars as less uh, then fun. Then again, this is probably why you all have this awesome podcast and I don't. <laughs> Thanks. All right. A lot there. 
Uh, but I, I, I think it's interesting to address from time to time as content creators in this, in this era, where as kids, this job didn't exist. Yeah. And now it does. And we're taking our childhoods and turning it into uh, some form of another of a career. <laughs> My mom would want it to be more, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, my mom doesn't comprehend it. Yeah, there you go. How do I? Li- my mom does listen to my podcast. I will give her credit. Not so much a Star Wars one, but uh, it, it's a it's an important question and and might be not just the people out there creating content, but with the amount of Star Wars, how do you keep it special? Yeah, um, I think for certainly like the amount of Star Wars just has n- never bothered me. I, I, I'm surprised by it. Always it always feels special, and like mm-hmm. I wasn't bothered by Solo coming out. I just so close yeah i just loved it because it was more star wars and it was different and, yeah um i think for the the work thing it is just like kind of taking the lessons of star wars and having balance mm-hmm. and i try to really separate ugh that feeling of i i just want to sit here and watch television but i need to go write up mm-hmm. my notes i try to have that emotion be about work yeah. not about star wars mm. And then once I get past that, I don't feel like working right now, but I have to because I have a responsibility and I want right. to do a good job and uh, yeah, I want to make good good content for the people who are kind enough to support us. Mm-hmm. Um, I separate that from Star Wars. And once I start thinking about stuff to make notes for any show, or mm-hmm. I get excited yeah. thinking about Star Wars. It's always a joy once I'm actually doing the work. Yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, great. I mean, if that that's 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 something that transcends just talking Star Wars. If you can divide your emotions, in, you know, yeah, <laughs> in a certain way, because yeah, work is work. I always say, you know, I had some tough times with screen junkies and Collider, and that was dream jobs for other people. But it, at the, it's work, so you got to and you're gonna have problems and you're yeah. gonna deal with it and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to like this, I, I find that who you're talking about it with is definitely key. And 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 you you mean Jennifer? I think it's just something every week. I feel as though I'll learn something, or I'll, I'll bring something to the table, and have fun doing it. Yeah. Um. There's other times. Yeah, I'm not having as 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 fun. Um. Because I'm looking across. I'm like, I can't argue with you about the prequels. <laughs> not here right now on this show. And it comes a little gr- grumpy. But here's what happens. Uh. To answer your question, Laura, there are days where I'm like, oh. I got to record Force Center today. Oh, I forgot to do Spotlight Star Wars. And then you do it, and then you find something. Or while you're watching, you know, watching Rogue One for research purposes or studying for a trivia show or just, uh, I'm going to put it on the background, something will hit me. And I'll look at it and be like, oh, that's why I love Star Wars. And it might be a moment I've seen 25 times in the last three months. But when Admiral Raddus jumps out of light speed, it still gets me. When, uh, you know, uh, K2SO dies, it still gets me. Yeah. And you're like, yes, Star Wars, it's still there. It's in your heart. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Laura, keep listening and keep watching Star Wars. Final question here from Shirley Rocks. And yeah, that is a reference to Shirley Manson. We've talked on Twitch. Um, garbage, great band. Uh, yeah. Only happy when it rains. How does a scavenger abandoned at a young age and living most of her life in the wastelands of Jakku, scraping by for subsistence uh, wa- wages, end up with such amazingly beautiful teeth? Does Unkar Plot have a dental plan? Now, I chose this question for a reason, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> on Databank Brawl, we're able to cr- create some very good headcanon yeah. that people can uh, get behind um, and sometimes accept as the truth. We know it's Daisy Ridley. She's got some makeup on. She's a, a beautiful actor out of England, and and that's why. Yeah. But in universe, yeah, yeah, we need to come up with a reason why. I think there's fluoride in the portions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> D 
Do you think Ungar plot orders the fluoride tinged portions specially? No, I think it just comes naturally. I think whatever the portions are made out of cheaply just happens to naturally have fluoride in it. Right. And I, man, I grew up hearing about fluoride because (laughs) my mom was always telling me I was lucky to grow up in a place that had just had fluoride in the water. She grew up in a place that didn't, and she had to go to the dentist all the time. And I think it's the, it's the only logical explanation. Space fluoride is Space in the portions. Space fluoride is in the portions. I love this idea. I think the stormtroopers, we don't see them. I think they got big pearly uh, whites because they they that nutrient <laughs> drink that they got. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nope, it's got fluoride. Yeah, we don't spend a lot of time in the refresher in Star Wars, understandably. But I like it. One of my favorite parts of the solo novelization was the very detailed the description of the scene between Lando and, and Chewie about hair and hair relaxers yeah. and hair shampoos and <laughs> how to take care of your hair. And the shower with the Wookiee hair all over it. Detanglers, yeah. Detanglers. Uh, like, I'm okay with this. Uh, I don't need Han to say I got to run to the bathroom really fast. I don't need that, but I do need some reality. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds. And I think that's the answer. I think Ukar Plot, unknowingly, is yeah. helping the health of the citizens <laughs> of Nima Outpost on Jakku. Sure, the rocks. I hope that answers your question. Laura Martin, thanks for your question. JME Jedi Knights, we appreciate it. If you have a question for us, well, you can reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We have a website, Force Center pod.podomatic.net we have merch available on tpublic.com slash user slash force center tweet us your merch picks and we'll reshare them podcasts available on podomatic iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google play and stitcher don't forget our youtube channel we got encore presentations of data bank brawl commentaries in memoriams and more on the way subscribe if you haven't already and over on patreon joseph we're still building towards those goals that's right uh we've had a little spike in the last few days thank you for uh, those of you who have jumped on we are building to a goal of having commentary for all the star wars movies that will be available is audio exclusively to patrons and then we'll put it up on video on youtube where the whole world can watch we're getting really close to that goal so if you can afford one or two dollars a month and want to support us and help us keep growing go to patreon.com slash force center Absolutely. We have our own things going on. You know, Jennifer's not here, but you can follow Jennifer at Jennifer Lenda. Uh, and she's got a lot of uh, things going on. Don't forget to subscribe to her YouTube channel. Uh, Joseph, uh, whew, it's a busy time for all of us. Where yeah. can I follow you? Yeah, you can uh, find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can go to my website. That's josephscrimshaw.com for all sorts of adventures. Uh, in particular, that album I put out, Adventures in Voting. A lot of people, uh, cool people telling stories about pop culture characters that inspire them. All that money uh, goes to rock the vote to help people keep being involved in our civic responsibilities and opportunities. That's right on the front page, josephscrimshaw.com. And then my other podcast, Obsessed. Uh, I know we get a lot of crossover here on Force Center for people who like Collider Video. A good friend of the podcast, Mark Riley, is on the latest episode of Obsessed talking about the Friday the 13th horror franchise and loving its horror and its absurdity. I had such a fun time talking to Mark about it in his birthday party where he had a Jason cake <laughs> when he was a kid. So go check that out. It's an obsessed podcast. Perfect choice for talking horror as uh, Mark Riley and Clark Wolf, who you, you've had on recently yeah. as well. So check out the Obsessed podcast. You can follow me at Cadnapsock, and that includes YouTube and Twitch. I've mentioned it. If you want to see me roam around the countryside hunting rabbits and searching <laughs> cabins on Red Dead Redemption 2, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, follow me there if you'd like. So that is it for Jennifer, who is not 
with us today. For Joseph, for all the Sith ghosts haunting our castles. We'll see you next time here on Force. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.